What's going on, Niner fam? It is Peter Lucas. I've got with me today Beto from Niner Sickness Podcast, who needs no introduction. But uh, today, if you are watching the Niner Fanatic Podcast. Hey, what's going on, Niner family? It is Peter Lucas once again, and I got with me today Beto, Niner Sickness Podcast. You all know what it is, and Beto, I'm so glad to have you on today. Like, uh, haven't seen you in a whole week, <laughs> like so. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's uh, great to have you. And why don't you tell everybody where they can find all the stuff that you're doing, and uh, and where they can find you on the socials? Sure. Uh, thank you for having me. First and foremost, brother, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Um, Anyone that uh, doesn't know where I'm at, uh, you can follow me on YouTube under Niner Sickness Podcast, Twitter, uh, IG. Um, I keep getting that other app. Um, TikTok. TikTok. Yeah, TikTok. And uh, you guys, and also on Facebook, I have a great following. I have a page and I have a group on Facebook, both under Niner Sickness Podcast. So, if you are not following me already, I invite you to follow me. And uh, yeah, that's uh, where you can find me. Yeah. And I did put the link for uh, for your uh, YouTube page on the in the description. So make sure that that you give uh, and uh, on Twitter, too. So like make sure you give my buddy Beto a, uh, a follow on Twitter. And then, of course, subscribe to both of our channels. We appreciate it. It's much appreciated. And but today, today and just real quick, make sure if you came in and you're watching, make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe and make sure you hit the bell for the notifications so that you know anytime we go live. Like, because uh, we're doing all, I'm doing a lot more shows than I used to. So, uh, so you get all the content. But, but yeah, let's get to, let's get to it. Like, because there's a lot of things going on in 49er land. And, but I mean, let's start off with the win on Sunday. And it was, in my in my opinion, it was a very big win, like uh, to keep pace with the NFC NFC seeding uh, race. Was that? Do you think this was a big win uh, for this team? And does the team? Do you think the team? Do you even think they lose again for the rest of the season? We only um, got two games left. So, well, any game. It's a great win. You never want to lose any games. Uh, you always want to have that winning mentality, the dominant. You know, you're dominating your opposing uh, opposing teams. And uh, the Washington Commanders came in this week on Saturday, needed a win. They needed to win mm -hmm. to continue to stay in the race to make the playoffs. Especially since the Lions and a lot of other teams lost. There was a, this would have been a great opportunity for the commanders to take advantage of, but they met 
an unmatched team like the 49ers. And the 49ers don't care if you need to win or not. They don't care who you are. They're going to continue to play their type of football. And as long as they play their type of football, they can win out. Um, I know somebody once said that maybe the Niners should lose a game in the regular season to kind of because you don't want to lose in the playoffs. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's you want to win every game and (laughs) you want to impose your will, uh, especially to 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 let to put everybody in the playoffs on notice. You don't want to play us come playoffs. Mm -hmm. So uh, do I think they can win throughout? Absolutely. We're playing Las Vegas now. Anything can happen on any given Sunday. We know this, Peter. But mm-hmm. if the 49ers play their type of football, there's no way that the Vegas Raiders can beat us, and there's no way that the Cardinals uh, can beat us at home. So these are two definitely winnable games. The only team that can beat us in the, within these two matches are the 49ers themselves. Exactly. Like, I mean, perfectly said. Like, I mean, this it. if you look at this, and, I mean, this season really – after this was the only game, the the game against the Commanders that I that kind of gave me a little bit of pause because they're because the the Commanders defense was really I think they're still really good, but with this game, the way that I watched this game unfold, like I thought that it was it said more about the growth of the 49er offense than and the inability for even good defenses to really kind of slow them down because they they tried to slow down the the one aspect that everybody thinks the 49ers are really good at which is they they sold out against the run and and they thought that oh we'll just we'll just keep them from running the ball and then and then purdy the the he's a rookie quarterback he'll probably fold eventually like uh but what i don't think that people take shanahan's scheme into effect and how quarterback friendly it actually is. And the fact that we have so many weapons at the skill positions that it's just, I mean, it's a wealth of, it's like an embarrassment of riches almost. Like, I mean, we don't even have Debo playing right now. And Ray Ray busts out for a big end around play for 71 yards. We got like uh, Kittle running past defensive backs, uh, like taking a six yard out and going and going to the, taking it to the house. That's a tight end. How many tight ends in the league do you see taking a six or seven yard out and taking it to the house? We we don't we really just don't see it at all. Like so, it's just I feel like, like you said, the the only enemy of the the only person that can take out the 49ers is the 49ers and the game plan that they that they put out there. Like it's uh, if they put the right game plan in and they put and the guys just execute. I just don't see a team that can really mess with them like right now. And I haven't been really confident, like supremely confident throughout this season because we just haven't had an identity. But but I'm getting to the point to where I'm I'm having I'm I have a supreme confidence in this team. I think there's there's like maybe two teams in the league that can that can really match them. And uh and yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be really interesting come playoff time to see if that uh to see if that unfolds but um the where was i going oh i do want to mention like thank you damien and thank you cowboy melissa came in for a little bit uh thank you guys uh thank you guys for coming in and uh, appreciate you uh coming in and giving big ups to me and beto but let's start with purdy fever <laughs> like uh it's it's getting 
it's almost to the point now where uh people want to give they want to give this kid so much credit but we're scared right we've been scared the last couple of games to give him credit because we're just waiting for the big the big collapse and him to turn into a pumpkin basically and it's but I don't see uh, I don't see him losing the momentum that he has because of this the way that he's actually doing getting the way that we're getting these wins I think that I feel it's sustainable and but Garoppolo like uh, so Garoppolo just got his cast off right like uh, everybody was reporting today that he got his cast off and that but no but uh, Shani didn't say anything um do you think they switch back to to Garoppolo if he gets healthy for the playoff run and why okay <clears throat> before i answer that i just want to let you know too uh, peter that i'm a big fan of your channel and oh. uh, i just put i just put uh, your channel on my facebook group and page it's oh, a comment between both of those i have about 9000 uh followers on there so I just put on there to join uh, your podcast because I, like I said, I, I like to support everybody that does uh, 49er content and I wish everyone to grow. So if you're watching this video and you and you came from my page on Facebook or group, welcome. Continue to support this man. Make sure to subscribe and hit the like button on not only on this video, but any future videos that he makes going forward. With that said, uh, to your point, uh, do I think, that the Niners should bring back Garoppolo if or give him back the starting role if he's healthy. And absolutely no. Not because I don't like Garoppolo or anything like mm -hmm. that. Is when you, when you have a hot hand, as you do with Brock Purdy, why in the world would you want to mess that up? Why would you want to take that and then take a chance that Garoppolo maybe is not ready to come back? Maybe mentally he's not there yet. And this absolutely makes no sense. Am I forward to him being a backup to Brock? Yes, I would love him to be a backup, knowing mm -hmm. that we have someone with the experience in the playoffs. So the God forbid something happens to Brock, that we can bring in uh, Jimmy. For that, I'm okay. But as a as a taking over the spot, no. What Brock is doing, uh, Peter, is amazing. Not only he's not game managing this team, he's not a passenger on this train. He's the conductor. He is one of the drivers in it. Uh, the way he he's a playmaker. And mm -hmm. again, I don't want to discredit Jimmy. Jimmy has done a lot for this organization. Jimmy has played and won games for us. But Jimmy is your typical game manager. One that you just don't want him to lose the game. You don't need him to win you the game. Just don't lose it. I don't see that. I don't get the same vibes from Brock. I think with Brock, you know that you can win games beca because of him and not only just game manage. And, and a perfect example that I want to share is whenever Garoppolo threw an interception, uh, Kyle Shanahan immediately will shut down the passing game and will run the ball and put the, the ball in the hands of his running backs because he no longer trusted Jimmy. We see that in the playoffs in 2019. We've seen it a few times in the regular game. But what happened when Brock throws an interception, even if it was called back because of penalty. What did Kyle do? He Put went right, right back, back to the air. And, <laughs> and he trusts Brock. That's yeah. a sense of trust that he didn't have with Jimmy. And I believe that Kyle Shanahan is able to execute more of his playbook with someone 
that is executing it as well as Purdy. This kid is special. And I'm not going to get into uh, on your show or anybody's show the Trey Lance versus Brock Purdy this season. Yeah. It's not about this season, about them. It's about what Brock is doing, the wonderful things. And can we go all the way? So I know that was a little bit of winded uh, response. No, I apologize. Good. But no, do not bring in Jimmy. Bring him as a backup and have him support Brock. And I think Jimmy will. And I think I think it's a great point that you made, like uh, about about not talking, not bringing even. There's no point in even bringing up Trey. No, he, like for what? Like he's not going to play. He's not going to be cleared to play this year. Yep. So there's not even a point to bringing him into this conversation. People just need to, and I've been saying on Twitter for the last couple of days now that people just need to be happy with where the 49ers are and just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. And like uh, the fact that this offense is probably humming at at a rate that we haven't seen in uh, since Kyle's been here. Like uh, this, this is the first time that I've watched a 49er game and not worried, not worried at all about about what the about what the end result is going to be, what's going to happen from snap to snap, and like uh, is something crazy, uh, crazy stupid going to happen? Like uh, in it's this team is is really it's it would be one thing because people always bring up the the fact that he's a rookie seventh round seventh round Mr. Irrelevant all that kind of stuff right but when has a when has a, a rookie quarterback uh come in to a team a Super Bowl ready team that has not just a good offense and really doesn't not or not just have a good defense, but they have both and they have so many weapons. And then on top of it, you've got this defense that is just is playing out of its mind all season. Like uh, very rarely do you have a rookie come into a situation like that. I don't think it's ever I like that. I can think of. I've been watching football for 35, almost 40 years. And like uh, and I've I don't think I've ever seen it. So I don't know. how do you feel about that? I think that Brock Purdy has uh come into a wonderful situation. You know, when the when the lines when the stars align, the, the world has a way of, of of doing things, right? Like Brock Purdy would never thought in his mind that he will be a starter going into oh, the no. playoffs. Okay, <laughs> being the last pick of the draft, you know, having Trey Lance, having Jimmy G as the backup, I guarantee that Brock is like. Yeah, I'm not going to see the playing field, and I definitely not this season, and if at all in the next few seasons because you have those two caliber uh, players. Um, but when you are given the opportunity to uh, play, you want to take advantage of every opportunity, and this is arguably other than the 1984 defense, probably the best defense the 49ers have had. Uh, opposed to that defense and I would even challenge that defense that defense only lost one game and they beat Dan Marino which was the uh, big arm gunslinger that he was in that year uh, number one offense in Miami and the Niners shut him down defensively Um, Brock is coming into a perfect situation with a genius a, a play caller and Kyle Shanahan people criticize Kyle so have I does Kyle, mm-hmm. is Kyle stubborn does Kyle have certain ways that you kind of frustrate you yes 
but you can't take away that he's a very smart play caller. But mm-hmm. you, you can be a great play caller, Peter, but if you don't have someone that can execute it to the best of their ability, it doesn't matter. Bill Walsh was an amazing coach and brought out the West Coast offense. But I guarantee you, if Joe Montana could not execute his game plan, we wouldn't yeah. know too much about Bill Walsh. It wouldn't yeah. matter, exactly. So Kyle is finally flourishing. I mean, there's even discussions of him being the coach of the year. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he finally has a quarterback that is able to do what Kyle expects his type of quarterback to do, and he's been doing it. Now, it's a small sample size, but a little bit of history. No quarterback that the 49ers have ever had have ever won three of their first starts in the NFL history. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brock Purdy is the first forget about rookie, forget about seven, first quarterback on the 49ers history that has won three games that he started so mm-hmm. this kid is already making history uh, this kid's poise in the pocket is like no other, listen you can have a big arm, you can have uh, you can run to the best of your ability but if you don't have awareness if you don't have that clock in your head that is telling you get rid of the ball because a a defender's coming your way. You can't teach that Peter that either you have it or you don't, you can't teach that. And this kid has it. He has Mm -hmm. the ability not only to feel the pressure in the pocket, but he's ability to escape. He's not the greatest mobile, but he is mobile enough to make a play extend by his mobility to get away from a defender. We have seen it. And all it takes is, a second or two for a skill set receiver like we have on our offense to get open, to separate. Mm-hmm. All we need is a second or two. And Brock provides that for you. He provides, he's smart between the years. And this kid is making decisions, in my opinion, that a veteran is, should make. Struggles. Like they veterans, we've seen veterans struggle. Yeah. Jimmy is stuff. a veteran and doesn't make these decisions. Yeah. And that you, I couldn't have really said it any better. Like, but the the thing that impresses me the most, and like about about Brock is is not just the decision making, but it's that he trusts. I think that this is the biggest thing that we haven't seen from a Trey. I don't care who it is, Trey, Jimmy, whoever. They don't trust. He is the first one that I've seen that just trusts in where the the guys are supposed to be. He's trusting what he sees pre-snap like, uh, and he makes, he, uh, he throws, makes throws with anticipation, anticipating that guy to be open and to, and like, uh, and then on top of it, the, the pro snap read, he doesn't just get caught up in, okay, well, this guy's supposed to be here. Like on the post snap read, he's still reading the safety coming down. And if he's got to get out to your point, if he's got to get out and get out of the pocket, and run around for a little bit and get to get into the check down. He's able to do that too, which is, it sounds simple. <laughs> it sounds simple, but we've seen that whether it be Jimmy or Trey, they, str- they, neither one of them has both of those things right now. Like, uh, and, exactly. uh, and it's, and it's like, but he, but Purdy has 
like uh, he's just like it's it's weird. I don't want to call him a mixture of the two, but he is the first quarterback in this offense that I've seen that trusts in what he sees uh, pre-snap, and he knows he knows where he's going with the ball ahead of time, and uh, and he knows that if he knows even if he has to wait for it a little bit, he you can see he stays calm in the pocket. He's waiting. If a guy if a guy comes loose, he's going to get out of the pocket and he's going to look back to the guy and see if the guy's open. And but he's going to find that open guy is the point that because we what what has always been the complaint for uh for as far as Jimmy goes was that we would have all these wide open guys all over the field running loose. Uh Shannon's dialing all these plays up and but Jimmy wasn't throwing the it to the open guy and Purdy is finding a way to get it to that open guy. Like, uh, and that's, that's, I think that's the key and not just getting it to the open guy, because a lot of the times we had seen and not just Jimmy, but Trey did, does this too, is throwing the ball high. Uh, yeah. Purdy's been throwing it on the button, hitting very in stride, like, uh, and, and we've seen with the Kittle catch with the IU catch in this last game, that when you hit these guys in stride and give them space to, and hit them in space and give them a chance to run after the catch. Who knows what could happen? And most like, importantly, uh, if I can just jump in there, yeah, is that he doesn't put his receivers in harm's way. He puts the ball in a position where they don't get their heads knocked off. Exactly. Like no Jimmy hospital did. balls. Exactly. <laughs> now, to your point, um, a lot of people have I've, that I've spoken to in the in the in the circles of the 49ers, whether on Twitter, Facebook, or or YouTube, I get people to say, "Wow, you know." Kittle was blocking when Jimmy was in there, and and now they're using Kittle as a receiver. I'm like, no, 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 no. I watch the all 22. I break down these films, Peter, mm -hmm. and I there's so many times that I've seen George Kittle open, not Wide blocking open. anybody, open while Jimmy was the quarterback, but Jimmy wasn't. Uh, his progression, his speed of his progressions were not fast enough to see Kittle open. And Jimmy is like, okay, if my target is Debo, that's who I'm going to. And it doesn't kind of get away from that. One thing I like about Brock is Brock goes through his progressions quickly. Mm -hmm. He makes his reads. He processes much quicker than Jimmy does. And to be a great quarterback, you, you got to be able to process. I tell this, whether you play football or not, if you play Madden, it don't matter what console, but if you play Madden and you play in a rookie or a Madden or all Madden, when you're playing in all Madden, your ability to throw downfield, especially if you play a good uh, console defense, you're going to get sacked. And it's not like playing a rookie level. Rookie level, you can look at the whole field and throw these bombs. You play all Madden and suddenly you're getting sacked, right? Well, yeah. There's more intense in real life, of course. But my point that I'm trying to make is when you have these defenders coming at you, he's not worried about getting hit. He's not concerned about getting hit. He's concerned about getting the ball out. He doesn't mm -hmm. hear footsteps. And one thing about Jimmy, Jimmy starts feeling defenders around him. What does he do? He panics, and then he makes a mistake. And he throws that in an advised interception that we all, what, go crazy. What were you thinking about, Jimmy? What was it? <laughs> Uh, Brock doesn't do that. Brock's like, I'm going to put the ball where the ball needs to be. And you mentioned earlier about anticipation. When you yeah. don't have a big arm, see the the, the Josh Allens, the Patrick Mahomes, the, the 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 Joe Burrows, they have such a big arm that they can wait for the receiver to get what they need to be. 
turn around exactly. and get in the ball. When you don't have a big arm like like Brock, you have to have the ball up in the air before the receiver even makes it a break. For, you have to yeah, anticipate exactly. that. You have to anticipate it. And he does it. First and foremost, he trusts his receivers to get there. And if you notice, if you watch all 22, when before uh, any of the receivers turn around and make their break, Whatever already, direction the ball's already in the air. The ball's already up in the air, exact, and he puts them in a place where if they don't catch it, it's not going to be intercepted, and that's something that he brings to the – and then he gets smacked. He gets smacked yeah. around, but he doesn't care. It's about getting the ball down the field, and that's what I like about this kid. Yeah, I, man. Yeah, it's – now, I, I, I hope that he starts taking a little bit less shots because he got, he got sacked, what, three times in the last yeah. game? Um, in which we hadn't really seen our quarterback get hit like, uh, like that, like, uh, like Brock, but sometimes Brock feels like he needs to sit in the pocket just for that extra second. And sometimes it's down the barrel of a gun. Like he, the free rusher and he knows it's coming and he just lets the ball. He's willing to take the hit to, uh, to get the ball out. But like, it's, uh, it scares me sometimes. I, I will say that <laughs> I will say that cause he's not a big guy. Uh, he's a little, he's a little, he's kind of a smaller guy and he already has an oblique injury. Um, and I think we kind of saw a little bit affect him like a little bit in the first, the first half this last game. But, uh, but yeah, by the second half, they had make, they made their necessary adjustments and it was off to the races. Uh, but let's move on to the running backs. Like uh, I want to talk about CMC a little bit because he's, he, he kind of took a step back in this last game and I don't necessarily think it was necessarily all of his fault. Um, he did have like 14, I think like 14 carries. Uh, it's 50, was it 56 yards or 65? Okay. Something I'll like that. Exactly what he had. I had it. I have it right here. Yeah. He had 46 yards off of 15 carries. Okay. <laughs> like, uh, it, yeah, he only had three yards of carry averaging three yards of carry. And, Ty Davis Price was in there and like, and he only got three yards of carry and we didn't see any of Jordan Mason, but, and then of course, Ray Ray had his one run for 71 yards, but, but CMC took a little bit of, uh, in my mind, he took a little bit of a step back in this game and uh, they, the commanders to their credit just said, we're going to sell out the run. CMC is not going to beat us. The running backs are not going to beat us. And Brock Purdy was going to have to do it. And in the second half, that's exactly what happened. But <laughs> Be careful what you ask for, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, but the, what was the, what do you think was the problem with, with the run game? Do you think it was just that they were selling out the run or, uh, or was it something, or was it something else that you saw? Maybe they weren't doing, cause I noticed they weren't doing as much outside zone in this game which I think it's more suited to CMC's skill set. But what did you – did you see anything? Um, we got to remember, the Washington Commanders, you can't look at their record, okay? They're, they're not mm -hmm. playing to oh, – their record does not show how good they play week in and week out. Um, they have four first-round defensive linemen in there. Chase Young was out the whole year, the whole season. This was his first game back and people may say he was in a pitch count he had more than a pitch count in this game um they sold out this is what the commanders and ron rivera said we're gonna make you beat us through the air we're gonna mm -hmm. stop your run and they're a good running defense 
they're they're a top eight or nine. They're still a top ten defense uh, coming into this, and um, they did for the most part their job. They stopped mm -hmm. uh, CMC. Uh, TDP came in. I don't know if it was because Jordan Mason kind of got hurt in the first play and 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 as a special teams. He seemed to be okay. There was probably more precaution with him, but I think. But the fact that that uh, TDP was actually active on the roster, I mm -hmm. thought that he was meant to play regardless. He was meant to see what he can do, the big body type of guy. So they brought yeah. him in. Now they challenged the Niners to to pass. Now the Niners were uh, committed to the run in the first half. They're like, "We're going to run. We're going to run." Kyle saw that we were not able to move the ball as well as we want it. So he said, all right, screw it. You want us to pass? I'm confident in this kid. And he did just that. Yeah. And uh, he started to pass, and we know what happened in the second half. We kicked the crap out of the, the commanders. Why? Because they stopped our run, and they couldn't stop our pass. We stopped their run, and we controlled their, their offensive pass. So um, I liked it. Teams now have to like okay, they got to pick their poison. Yeah, can we afford to put all in for the run game? What do we stop? If we if we stop the run, they can beat us in the air. If we stop the air, they can definitely beat us on the ground. So now they have to pick. The, and one thing I like about Brock too is the defensive coordinators have to defend the whole field now. Mm -hmm. With injured, all they had to do is defend the middle, not the outside post, not the deep ball, not deep with, ball with Brock <laughs> now. Joe Montana, real quick, didn't have a strong arm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm not comparing Brock to a Hall of Fame quarterback, please, or saying he's going to be that. But Brock does have a stronger arm than Montana did. Mm -hmm. uh, if you look at the film and you look at, he has a stronger arm. Um, but I like what what he lacks in strength of arm. He makes up with his mind. Celebro mm -hmm. mind. He makes up makes quick decisions. He gets the ball out quick. He puts the ball in his defenders. He knows that he has playmakers that can get the ball. Look at that beautiful run by Ray Ray. Mm -hmm. Beautiful run. I know I'm going a little bit off topic. I apologize. I get a little excited. No, <laughs> but uh Ray Ray, they did a Debo. They mm -hmm. used that was a Debo. That uh, was a play. complete Debo run. Yeah. And Ray Ray was able to do that and, and ran it in for a touchdown. The weapons we have, Peter, are yeah. not just defensively, but freaking offense, man. And now that we have a quarterback, they can pull the trigger. They can execute that. Man, I am more excited going into the playoffs with this kid than I was ever with Jimmy. Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, yeah, I want to say what's up to Jay. Yeah, Jay in the Bay. Hey, make what's sure up, you Jay? subscribe. What? Make sure you subscribe to Jay in the Bay's channel. Yeah, uh, and uh, the he has his other show that he does with Kelts and. And uh, a couple of and I mean the dream straight out and, of the bay, yeah, straight out of the bay. Like, uh, make sure you guys subscribe to the channel. Make sure that you guys check out those shows. Uh, great, great content. But thank you for coming in, Jay. Appreciate great human you. being. Yes. Oh man, I love Jay. Is my guy. Like, uh, so the uh, but so with you mentioned TDP playing, and he, but in my mind, he showed how did I? I want to know how you felt about TDP. Uh, how about his performance? Because in my mind, when Jordan Mason was in there and they're stacking the box, it's the end of the game. They're not expecting them to do anything but run the ball. 
and they're playing the run and Jordan Mason is ripping off runs, averaging over six yards a carry. And TDP, he just doesn't, in my, in what, from what I see, he doesn't have it. He doesn't have that same aggression. He, even though that's what he was known for in college, that's why they drafted him was because he's a bigger body, like you said, and that he was, he was more of a physical runner. I just don't see it. I don't see it. And it's, I, I felt like, do you think uh, that he showed that he is clearly not the guy to be backing up CMC over Jordan Mason? Um, I will say this. He's not a Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon no, just he's not couldn't. Trey Sermon just <laughs> couldn't get it. He couldn't get the blocking. He couldn't, you know, he couldn't see the holes open up because the whole, those holes shut so fast. You have to have mm -hmm. that eye. Um, T, TDP does have an eye for an open hole. He, I, do, I do like his way of style of running. I think the thing that impressed me more about him was not necessarily his runs. It was his ability to block and protect Brock. Mm. That's what I caught. That's what I saw. He was able, he, he, he blocked better. The runs will come. The runs will eventually come. Can he, if you can't block your quarterback, you're, if you can't block, period, you're not going to be in there, according to the Bible of Kyle Shanahan. You got to be able to block. And mm -hmm. I saw the evidence of that. Now, it's un kind of unfair that he came in uh, against this stout defense and to kind of give a true analysis of what he can or cannot do. I would like to see maybe against the Raiders, uh, see if they play him in the Raiders. We can kind of have a better evaluation of his running. But I did like that he was blocking better. And I think this is the reason why he was kept out for the most time. And the second thing, he did not play in special teams very much. So that's why um, uh, Jordan was in, uh, suited up more than uh, TDP because he can play on special teams. Um, I think, I don't know if he'll be the backup to CMC, but I like these three running backs. I love that we have CMC, we have TDP, and then we have Jordan Mason. But these three kids, man. And we're are, about to get Elijah Mitchell back. And like. <laughs> I forgot about him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Elijah Mitchell. So these four kids are amazing running backs. Uh, you know, with Elijah, you just got to stay healthy, buddy. Yeah. You got to stay healthy because you don't, you know, this is the second time coming on, off of IR. So we had to use two IRs on him. Mm -hmm. The first one and now the second time. So, you know, you got to stay healthy. But I like what I see in this kid. So your question was about TDP. I like him. Just It wasn't enough in this running game because of that style defense. But I like this blocking and I would like to see more. But I'm confident that he'll be fine. He is not Trey Sermon. For those that are concerned about, oh, my God, did we pick up another messed up running back from the third round? I don't hold your horses in your judgment. I think yeah. this kid will be fine in this uh, system. I, I will say this, like about TVP. It's I agree with you about the pass blocking. Like uh I will say that the, I think that the thing about Jordan Mason that I like more than more so than TDP is that it's it's the aggression, it's the aggression, and I, I get it that he may not pass pass block as well as CD as uh TDP. But I just can't uh, – I can't look past six and a half yards of carry. <laughs> and uh, every time this guy touches the ball, it's electric. 
And uh, I just, I would, I want to see them get him more involved and what, and what kind of gave me pause and why I was kind of upset after watching the game was that, was that they got TDP involved like early on in the game. Uh, Jordan Mason doesn't get the ball until the end of the game ever. So, and, and it might be because of what you said that with the pass blocking, but at the same time, I mean, why not, if you're going to run him, I mean, it showed it doesn't admit it. I don't even think it would matter if they knew like that he was going to run the ball. If he's on the field, he's going to be running the ball. I don't think it matters because it shows that every time that he's on the field, they know that he's going to run the ball and he still gets six and a half yards of carry. So I just, I would like to see him more involved in the offense. I think a lot of people uh, do want to see that, that as well. And uh, it's just, it's not that, uh, I, I definitely don't think TDP is as bad as Sermon. Like, uh, but it's just when you have a guy that's a, as electric as Jordan Mason is, uh, that when he's running the ball, uh, it's really hard to sit there and say, okay, well, we're okay with you getting half half the yards per carry. Like, uh, and that that that's that that would be my only point about uh, about TDP. But yeah, if you're going to use him for pass blocking, then I can I could see I could see that part. But then you almost know when that what they're going to do with him, like uh, when he's on the field. But yeah, I I I could be wrong, and this is just me projecting. But I think that we're going to see a heavy dose of Jordan Mason and TDP come playoff time. Um, CMC is not, you know, I, I've always been a firm believer: if it ain't broken, don't fix it. I exactly. uh, go with go with what's working. <laughs> CMC. People, a lot of people criticize Kyle again. Twenty six touches on the ground for CMC against yeah. Seattle, and uh, I forgot how many in through the air. So it was a total of thirty two. People are like, "Are you trying to kill CMC? See, are you trying to kill CMC?" But hey, listen, did we win that game? Did yes, we get that? Did we get the title? Was 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 CMC effective in that game? Absolutely. So you got to write. I, I'm, Injuries suck, and when they occur, it's devastating, and we got to deal with it as they come. But I've never been one that has allowed fear uh, to overcome in situations. What I mean by that is, I'm gonna if CMC is working, keep feeding him the ball. If he wants it and he can go, feed him. He is winning the game for us. Yeah. Feed him. I'm not always been one to. Oh no no no, he's a great. A player skill person, but we're not going to feed him no more because we're afraid he's going to get hurt. You can't go into games like that. You have to go in there with, okay, what's the game plan to beat the other team? What players do we have on our side that match up with their players? CMC matched very well against Seattle's defense, so they used it. They used them. Now, should they use Jordan more? Yes. Uh, if you saw Jordan, he broke of what a fifty-five. He needed a f one yard yeah. to get a first down, and he broke it with fifty-five yards. So this <laughs> kid has the ability to break it. I hear you, and yes, they should utilize him more, and I think they will. But I think they're going to have a higher dose of him in the playoffs because I, I know Kyle. Kyle's going to run the ball down these uh, opposing defenses' throat, and he's trying to keep these kids fresh. Um, so, but what you know? Again, I want to see Jordan more. I, I would love to see more touches for Jordan uh, than he's been getting. But I love the fact that CMC is doing this thing. What's up, Eric? Eric is a Seattle fan. Uh, yeah. He he loves a Seattle, but he's a great dude. 
Uh, yeah, very respectful and, and uh, appreciate him being here today. Yep, for sure. And Damien said, you know, it's funny. Lassie could find could go find Timmy stuck in a well, but McGlinchey can't even follow simple steps. Like, uh, I mean, in the last game, it didn't really it ended up not mattering. But you know, it's a you know what I what makes me th- the point that this makes me that this comment makes me think of is when Jimmy was in or in Trey for that matter when uh, when they were in, we worried every time we got a false start. It was like, oh god. Like, uh, here we go. And, uh, or they got a holding call. Oh, God. Like, uh, but since Purdy has been in, even if they do get like some kind of penalty or they get knocked back a little bit, it's still, I still get the feeling that they're going to find a way to get the first down. <laughs> like, I, I don't know how you feel about it, but it always just, I always have, like, since he's been starting at this point, I'm just constantly finding myself being confident that the first down or a, or a big play is coming. Uh, but how do you feel about that? Um, it's never polite to answer a question with a question. So I'm going to answer your, <laughs> your question, but, uh, uh, but I also want to ask you. And so you, while I answer your question is in the last three games, PFF, and I know PFF is not, but I, you know, I like a lot of things what PFF does. Can you name me the offensive lineman that has the best uh pff grades in the last three games last three games yes I, i'm guessing because of the way you're asking it it's going to be mike mcglinchy <laughs> mike mcglinchy exactly uh and he's playing with bad ribs i'm not a big mcglinchy yeah. fan but i'm a i'm a fan that, that if you're going to replace somebody who are you going to replace them with is it someone that can give you a better chance of winning mm-hmm. uh, mcglinchy his Offsides, oh, it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts because we get plays callback. So I, I understand the frustration with McClinchy, mm-hmm. but this, this, he has been playing well. He, he's, he has been, yeah. uh, I think the whole offensive line. Yes. Like, uh... I agree. I, uh, uh, Spencer Buford for B, and he, people don't realize guard is not his natural position. Tackle is. People thought that Spencer Buford's a guard, he was played tackle. He's playing guard and he's doing a phenomenal job. I think Spencer Buford can eventually take over for McClinchy, mm-hmm. and uh, in, in my opinion. But and then Aaron Banks, the kid that oh. uh, everybody criticized because he only played like two games last year, he's a bust. Why are the Niners taking him so high in the second <laughs> round? Blah blah blah. All these emotional fans, right? Always complaining. What about now? I don't hear crap about it about Aaron Banks. Oh, he's great now. He's the it was the, it was a shit. It's crazy that he didn't make the Pro Bowl and like uh, yeah. all the all the other things that they're saying now. All the haters, uh, yeah, talk negative about him. It's like give players an opportunity to develop. You yeah. know, it says it takes about three years for any position to have a, a fair assessment of who they're going to be. Are they going to be great? Are they going to be okay? Or are they just going to suck? But it takes about three years, and people are like this drive through man. Everything has to be instant right now. If, if in two plays, like TDP, and I'm not referring to you, bro, but it's like TDP, if he's not breaking for eight yards or carry, all of a sudden, uh, you know, some players, it takes a little bit longer than others to, to, to kind of catch on. I'm always a believer. You give a player for three years, and then within three years, you can have a fair assessment where they're going to be in their career. Yeah, 
I agree. Like, uh, I, I, no, yeah, you're not, uh, you're preaching to the choir. Like, I feel like, uh, even when, even when we're referring to TDP, like, uh, it's not that he can't be good. I'm, I'm just looking at, uh, at right now, but I, I don't even want to like, uh, like, uh, I like, uh, but as far as McGlinchey goes and the offensive line as a whole, I think this offensive line has over, has overachieved what yes. everybody thought it was going to be. And, uh, and this is the thing that people need to understand about the NFL also is that how many great offensive lines are there out there? There, there really isn't any. Yep. Everybody has their, has their weaknesses along that offensive line somewhere. Yep. And the, and just because a guy gives up a couple of false starts or he like, uh, he has a mistake. I mean, how many snaps is the guy playing that you're, that, that people are nitpicking on like one or two plays. Now, granted, I understand the frustration of the timing of McGlinchey's yes. <laughs> uh, mistakes because he always has these uh, these mistakes in the worst possible moments. Yeah, worst possible moments. Uh, like, but it's just weird that like like you said, PFF graded him. Like, I mean, as far as the PFF grades, he's he's doing really well because they're they're looking at it as a whole. Yeah, from the whole game and not just a few isolated incidents. And uh, real quick, like you just throw in there, real quick. You love the run from Ray Ray, right? Yeah. Did you? Oh, enjoy yeah. That who was? Run? Who was? Yeah. Who was who, right there? Who was the one that pancaked that defender? Yeah, and Mike McClinchy. He's yes, a great he, run defender. Yeah, you got to look at. The, you're right. PFA looks at the whole thing. Yes, you're absolutely right. Those mistakes come at really like ah. Oh, you know, at wrong times, but it's not like he's choosing when to make his mistakes. Like, exactly. should I do it now? Should I? He, he don't want to make any. <laughs> you know, it happens. Uh, but he makes up for it. And again, I'm not a hater of McClinchy or a big supporter, but I think he's decent. And this whole line is working in, in together uh, the best they can. Even Brendo in the in the, as a center has mm-hmm. been handling has gotten better through games. So there are far worse offenses out there than our San Francisco 49ers. They went against four first round. And Allen uh, and uh, uh, Chase, uh, yeah. Payne, and Sweat, all mm-hmm. four uh, all four of them were first rounders. And they only gave up um, three sacks. And Trent Williams and Aaron Brown gave up zero pressures in that game. Zero. Mm-hmm. against this elite front. So they're playing above my expectations this year for sure. Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, I, I don't think that – I know a lot of people like to nitpick, especially this day in the days of today with the All-22 and they we want to isolate incidents. But, I mean, if you take the game as a whole, like I think this, this – uh, especially for the turnover, and I can't stress it enough, the turnover – that this offensive line has had in just one year. Like uh, you've got a rookie starting at right guard. You've got a yep. first time starter at center. And, uh, and then you got essentially a rookie on at the left guard spot. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, you got Trent Williams, uh, like and Mike McGlinchey, uh, as far as the, the book, uh, like uh, the bookends, but the, but those guys in the middle 
are were essentially untested and everybody was worried about that at the beginning of the year but i feel like i I really feel like that you couldn't have asked for a better situation and you've got to give that coaching staff a ton of kudos for uh for getting those guys ready and this coaching staff in general like uh but yeah like uh but uh oh you got something else no i was just gonna say that uh when it comes to coaching kyle shanahan and the offensive line coach puts these uh, boys in great positions uh, to defend the quarterback. The ability that um, Brock can move and extend, um, these guys are holding their own, man. I mean, there are so mm-hmm. many teams out there. The Raiders are one of them. The Raiders have given up the most sacks, and this is where I love, and I'm not going to get too – I know we're going to talk about the Raiders down the line, but yeah. uh, they gave up the most sacks, so I'm excited for one – Nicholas James Bosa, uh, yeah. you know what he's going to do. But um, the Raiders would love to have the 49er offensive line. So many teams will have. So I know sometimes we're, we're rich, spoils and riches. You know, we, we complain about this. We complain about that. But if you look like, you know, other things like you, for perfect example, Peter, you just came back from out of the country. Yeah. And people always have this perception of what, people are outside of the United States and then you go there and you visit and you realize, Whoa, this is nothing what I thought it would be. It's actually better. You know what I mean? So to my point, yeah, to my point is the offense wasn't what we expected. It was better. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And yeah, shout out to Costa Rica, man. (laughs) Uh, Pura Vida for all the people, all my people back in Costa Rica. Pura Vida. Sure. If you don't mind, Costa Rica. It it's a beautiful country. The the food, the people, the people, like they're so generous in their time and they're just their attitude just towards everyone is just uh I, I can't I can't speak enough about the time that we had. It was the best time on a family vacation that I've ever had. And uh, if you ever have a chance to go to Costa Rica. Uh, in fact, like what's funny is my, my wife read a bunch of reviews before we went, I can't remember from my, my wife or my mother-in-law, but saying that the food wasn't as good as they were expecting. I don't care. I don't, I don't know what they were eating when they were there. And I would, I would tell people to venture away from the tourist, uh, the touristy areas and get, and have your driver take you to the spots that they like to eat. Like, See, that's, uh, because, a key, that's a key thing right there, bro. Cause these reviews are coming from tourist areas. It's like yeah. when people tell me, go to Chipotle for uh, authentic Mexican yeah. food. I'm like, <laughs> are, you, are you kidding me? Mexican, yeah. uh, let me take you to the to the mama and pop's house over here, restaurant, that um, and try. I remember this real quick, this one friend of mine, I used to call him Howdy Duty because he looked just like Howdy Duty. Um, <laughs> he goes, we were, coming out of church one, we were coming out of church one time. <laughs> this is over 30 years ago. Yeah. And he's like, let's go eat some tacos. I'm like, okay, all right, white boy, let's go eat some tacos, right? <laughs> and he's driving, and and we go and we pull into uh, uh, Taco Bell. And I'm like, all right, are we meeting somebody or, you know, whatever. He's like, all right, bro, are you ready for some good tacos? And I'm like, uh, you're joking, right? And he's like, no, Taco Bell has the bomb taco. I'm like, bro, oh, come on, bro. Do you trust me? He's like, what do you mean? Let me take you somewhere and try something. This is your typical white guy. No, nothing against white people, but the freckles, great guy, yeah. but white guy. Okay. Uh-huh. 
I took him to a mom and pop restaurant down San Jose, East San Jose, downtown, and he tried the tacos of sesos, broiches, brains, mm. lengua, tongue, yeah, lengua, uh, you know. Oh. Uh, I mean, all these these tacos, right? And the dude must the dude's like soaking wet, probably about one sixty. <laughs> Tore up like twenty five tacos, <laughs> and it's like, and he, and into this day, the little street ones, though, right? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. You know, you know, back about 20, 30, over thirty years ago, now they're making bigger, uh, with less in. Before they used to be smaller with more meat, but he um tore it up, and I haven't talked to him in years, but I gotta believe this guy has never gone back to Taco Bell. You oh, know, because no, when not. you don't, you when you don't know, you don't. And my my point to that was, uh, Peter, that you got reviews from people that probably ate at these tourists, but you were smart enough in your family to go to places where they eat, right? Yeah. So now you got a true review of their food because it's not that gringo mix in there. It's the pure Puerto Rican type of food. And and that's why, and, and to me, the per, honestly, you know who the best reviewer is? Yourself. Yeah. Because if you like it, because people may not like something and you love it. I, I One thing I, I'll say this and I'll shut up is one guy one time we were eating i don't know if you ever had monkey brains raw monkey oh, brains no raw no no and this guy was tasted and he's like man this is good but they didn't tell you what it was this is good man this tastes is good i mean he was like just loving it and they go do you know what you do you want to know what you're eating and they're like yeah raw monkey brain and he spits it out yeah and he said it was gross and i don't understand that concept peter yeah I don't care what it is. It can be the most gross thing in the world, but if you taste it yeah. and you like the taste, that's all that matters, right? Yeah. So it's the mind over the taste, right? So I, now- if That's I how I started liking lingua. Yeah, if you don't tell me what it, if you tell me what it is before I taste it, maybe I won't taste it because of what I hear, right? But if you tell me mm-hmm. what it is after, I don't care what it, you can tell me it's dog poop. But if it tastes good, hey, bring some <laughs> Tabasco sauce, some chili, and, you know, I'll eat because it's good. It, I don't understand. I never understood that. But yeah, yeah, it, it's the food was incredible. And if you ever go, just tell them, hey, take me to your favorite soda. They call their their uh, the like the local restaurants are called sodas out there. Like sodas. Uh, yeah, like soda, like S O D A. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I like, know that. Uh, and like, uh, yeah, it's, they speak Spanish because uh, my, my, bro- my uh, father-in-law speaks Spanish. So he was like our interpreter throughout the whole trip. And like, uh, but, but yeah, like they do, they say things, it's just a little different. Like, uh, and you know, they I would say their- Spanish on crack. Yeah. And they're, fa- they're fast. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, they call them sodas and like, uh, man, they, they do, it's like, it's not Mexican. It's like more like Caribbean style like mexican food it's like kind of a mix with like cuban style you know how they do with the the black beans and the rice yes uh together and then they and then they have the plantains and everything and and then they do their fried cheese the fried uh like cotija now you're uh, making cheese. Me oh no <laughs> dog like uh we were we were grubbing the whole time like it was it's delicious but yeah you look back, about 10 you look about 10 pounds heavier yeah dog. like hey <laughs> just kidding hey like uh it's a good thing that the camera only goes down so far. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Amen to that, bro. You preach it to the choir when it comes to that, bro. I don't you know what? I don't know what you're talking about. I, I never had a weight problem. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Like it is like, but you can always see it in my face. 
Like uh, it's uh, uh, so back to the 49ers. <laughs> <laughs> like the bring so, it back you. Yeah. Kittle. Kittle. Oh my we've, goodness. We have begged for this whole season and probably last season too. Uh, we begged for like him to make an impact. And people would say he were going as far as to say, you know, Fortnite probably need to think about trading him oh. and uh, like all of that. Yep. Is, is this, is Kittle like that? Is this, is this version of Kittle? Is this an aspect of the offense that teams can't prepare for basically because they've got to stop the run. And I think that that opens everything up for Kittle. I think Kittle is the one that benefits the most out of, out of, Brock being able to, to to make those reads and like all that kind of stuff. But do you is this an aspect of the offense that teams just you don't think that they can prepare for? Yeah, people that I when I heard that Trey Kittle, Kittle is washed up, he's done. These emotional fans, let me tell you, man, mm-hmm. you, you gotta love them. You know, they're in their feelings. You know, I look at the I look at the uh of what he's put on the field before kiddo just has to be given the opportunity uh to to showcase what he can do these last two games uh two touchdowns he has had four touchdowns in the last two games mm-hmm. total eight touchdowns throughout the year um this guy has been playing out of his mind and blessings to me that he's my tight end in fantasy football so i was oh, i was losing <laughs> in my fantasy playoff game and there's money writing on this. And he got me the win. He got me the win. Mm-hmm. And now I'm playing in the championship for the whole pot of money. So we'll see how this week goes. But um, Kiddo has been phenomenal. Uh, and he's the Kiddo of old. You can't yeah. stop him. Is He showed it. Once he has the ball in his hand, you can't stop him. He's, he's, a, he's a runaway train. He's a yeah. big body guy. This guy's nowhere near finished. This guy's nowhere near. And for those that wanted to trade him, wh- what are your thoughts now? For those that are yeah. watching this show now or later, if you were one of those that wanted to trade uh, Kittle, aren't you glad that you're not the GM or the coach? Because what would this team be if you were to trade all their best players? This guy sure. is a great asset to this offense. And what I mean, we're not like you said, Debo is not even playing because he's hurt. And whenever you hurt, whenever you lose a star player, you always say, All right, out of all our stars, who's gonna stand up and mm-hmm. take the gap? And Kiddo's like, I'm the veteran here, I'll stand up and I'll put the I'll put the team on my shoulders and I'll play ball. And that's what he's done in the absence of Debo, man. This is offense is just getting started and they're getting hot right at the right time. Yeah, for sure. I th- just what you just talked about as far as like as far as people thinking and I mentioned it earlier about people thinking that it was time to trade Kittle. Yeah. Like I I, I just I you say it now and it just they you look at these last couple of games and it just sounds so stupid. Like yep. but yeah. and now granted prior to this he just hadn't been a big part of the offense. People make all the excuses in the world for the reasoning of why he wasn't involved in the offense and why, like that he had to block that he had to do this. He had to do that. Like, uh, and that he just doesn't get the opportunities. Well, he's getting the opportunities now. And now you see what happens when he gets those opportunities. But I think it's, it goes to a big, it speaks to a bigger 
issue with fans as far as like when you have this many weapons on a team, you've got your Debo, you've got your Ayuk, you've got your Kittle, you've got your CMC, you've got your uh, you've got a plethora of running backs. You got like juice. Elijah, like, yeah, you got juice to get the ball to. Uh, there's only so many balls that can go around. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, and especially when you're limiting the throw, the amount of throws, when you've got a Jimmy G throwing the ball in there, and even Trey Lance to that extent, and they're only getting like 20 to 25 passes a game. Like, I mean, there's only so many balls that are going to go around, and they're probably going to miss five or eight like uh five to ten of those so like uh your guys just don't get a chance to show what they can do but i think it speaks almost to purdy's it makes purdy look even better because he's getting the guy these guys the ball why in wide open spaces and now kittle it, is able to get ahead of steam and you saw it the last game those guys didn't even want to get in front of him nope like they all those the, all those DBs were making business decisions once he had gotten to full speed. Like uh, so, you, you know, you said that um, you made a point that, that I want to kind of just touch on it before I forget because I'm an old man and I forget things in the last five seconds. Um, that uh, there's only so many balls to go around, right? Well, that is so true that Grinch, the Grinch that stole the touchdown, popped his head in this game. Yeah. That first touchdown of Kittle did not yeah. belong, was not supposed to be for Kittle. It was supposed to be, supposed for, to Ray be Ray. for Ray Ray. And Ray yeah. Ray was in, in perfect. It wasn't like Ray was. Ray Ray was in perfect position to catch that touchdown. Mm-hmm. And he should have Now, I'm being a little biased because I needed Kittle to get touchdown because he's my fantasy player, <laughs> not Ray Ray. So I'm good with it. But um, to your point, because the only there's only so many balls to go around, the Kittle's like, you know what? I'm sorry. But I have to steal some of these touchdowns, and I'm going to do. And he stole it, and and yeah. he literally stole it because he was not supposed to be there. He was supposed to go out post, and he he saw the open field, and he's like, you know what, I'm taking it. And credit to Brock, I swear, if it would have been Jimmy, and if he wouldn't saw a he kid out that. of place, he would have freaked out like, oh my god, what do I do? I'm probably taking a sack. Uh, Brock still threw it, and he says, you know what, one of these guys are going to come down with it. And who, yeah. I don't care who comes on with it. And it was uh, the, the Grinch and credit to the yeah. Grinch. I love that. The Grinch just stole the touchdown. <laughs> and to, and to Ray Ray's credit, you know, we gotta, you gotta give Ray, you gotta speak out about Ray Ray a little bit because a lot of the fans were not, uh, not in terribly impressed, not terribly impressed with Ray Ray throughout the season. And they thought that he was honestly a waste of money. Like, uh, but, I think that he's been our easily our best kick returner. And I think that he's been, he's been solid. Like uh, I, I, I like Ray Ray. I've, I, I've liked Ray Ray. Yeah. Like he had a couple of fumbles early on in the season and that was the knock on him early on. And I think people thought that, that was going to continue, but I like Ray Ray as a player. I think that he's a little misused sometimes. Like I yep. think he needs to be used as like kind of a traditional slot guy. I think he would flourish in that role, but uh, but however they're using him, he just does his job. He just does his job, and and you saw his uh, on the uh, press conference. On the press conference, he he said he said yeah, like uh, Kittle stole the touchdown, but he says whatever. It's the 
it's uh, we got the touchdown. That's at the end of the day, that's all that matters. And we got the win. Yep. And it's all about a te- it's, all, it's all about the team. It's not about even though maybe to himself, you probably to a kid or oh, dude, dude, that's messed up. But yeah. you're a competitor. And if you're a competitor, you want to, you know, you want to catch the ball. But to your point, Peter, uh, Ray McLeod was brought specifically for his special team skills. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's a re- receiver by trade, but his special team. But what he has been doing uh, as a receiver has been great. And he's taking advantage a very opportunity, opportunity that he's getting, like this run. Now, imagine he did a Debo run, right? So now mm-hmm. we go into the playoffs. We have a healthy Debo, Ray Ray, CMC, Jordan Mason, or TCP. Then we have Juwan uh, Jennings. Uh, Juwan Jennings. We have Brendan Ayuk. We have Kittle. We have Juice. Holy cow, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you going to cover? Who are yeah, you going to prepare for? That's what we said at the beginning of the season. Like uh, at the beginning of the season, I would like uh, we were looking, we were all doing shows and we're all talking about, you know, like in the off season, the, uh, the OTAs and like, these guys have so many pieces you looked up and like, and then they got Danny gray. They yep. drafted Danny gray who did, can't even get a sniff of the field. Yep. And it's just, and you got other guys that Croft has played well at, at yeah. the second tight end spot. Like, I mean, it, it's just an embarrassment of riches on, yes. on offense. Like uh, it, it's crazy, all the way up and down. Like uh, I don't, uh, I, I don't think I've ever seen a 49er team this stacked on offense and on defense at the same time. Like uh, it's, it's pretty interesting. But uh, with so many weapons at the skill positions, how do you, st- how do you stop them? And what playoff, what playoff team currently do you think has the best chance to be able to stop this offense? Like just stop them. NFC only or or just in doesn't general? matter doesn't matter. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. There's only one team that I'm afraid of that can really hurt the 49ers, mm-hmm. and that's the 49ers themselves. Yep. I'm you call me biased, call me whatever you want. I don't care. Uh, and I'm referring to whoever watches your show. Um. If the Niners play their style of football the way they know how to play and, and, and execute correctly and not blow it up, not make mistakes, not not having McClinchy make crucial, you know, penalties or, or or stuff like that, or not turning the ball over at at a certain part of the field. If the Niners can if the Niners can play good football, there's no team out there they can stop them. Kansas City might be the closest team out mm-hmm. there, but it's such a uh, um, people are afraid. Like, don't play Kansas City because you see what he did to what he did to us in Week Seven. We're not the same team from Week Seven. Yeah, no, we our are defense not. was. We had a lot of players out in that game. You play our defense today, and this. I'm not saying that we can't lose to um, to Kansas City, but I I bet you it won't be the same outcome. Uh, if they do beat us the way they did week seven. So yeah, the only sure. team that I'm truly afraid of is uh, ourselves, of our own mistakes, uh, what we can do to hurt ourselves. If we play 49er football, not in the NFC or the AFC, am I afraid of any team? Yeah, for as far as I'm concerned, every the way defense is played to the, in today's NFL, the you're gonna you're gonna sell out somewhere to give up something else. Yep. Because you're not confident that the other team can, if 
that most teams have one thing that they do well and like and they can't can't really diversify well this team is not those teams this team is the only team i see that can they a they can however you want it if you if you think that you're going to sell out against the run then we're going to throw it over the top and like if you if you want to guard the pass we're going to pound the rock like uh, and we're going to beat and we're going to eat you alive by a thousand cuts with cmc on the uh in the passing game too so it's it i i agree with you man like i just agree that there's the only team the only team that can beat the 49ers is the 49ers and what the game plan is from week to week like uh, if they decide to go with the now kyle did a great job of of adjusting the game plan mid-game against the commanders like uh but but that's the only that's the only thing is is kyle and what what his uh it's the limits of his imagination with this offense and what uh, because I think that he is – I don't think he's scraped the surface as to what he can do with all of these weapons because they literally the whole field is open. Yeah. And because they've got a guy – whatever part of the field, they've got a guy for it. <laughs> and uh, so it, it'll be really interesting come playoff time to see these these teams try to stop – these playoff teams and these playoff defenses try to stop this offense. Like uh, uh, because I just – and with – it's the and with the 49er defense giving them the field position that they've been getting like uh, so yeah it's going to be really interesting <laughs> and, and i gotta admit and, and to eric point eric uh made a valid point there it says we gotta admit that cmc is an absolute beast ever since we got cmc he has just elevated the to me personally the addition of cmc first and foremost mm-hmm. and then having Brock come in and do what he's doing, the combination of those two. And uh, Debo's probably uh, chewing at his bit, like, man, I haven't had my chance with Brock. I can't <laughs> wait for it, right? So yeah. uh, this offense has elevated so much because of what CMC has brought. To me, that is the greatest trade this year. In 2019, we needed to bring a spark. We needed something to kind of change the mood. And we brought in as a free agent, uh, um, Sanders, right? Mm-hmm. Emmanuel Sanders to for the receiving. This year, it was CMC. And people are like, we gave up too much. Oh, my God, we gave a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth next year, blah, blah, blah. What are your thoughts today? I don't think yeah. we give enough. This kid has turned this team around, mm-hmm. what he's done. And... um I can't imagine what he's going to do in the playoffs. We're going into the playoffs, okay, with CMC, Debo, and all these playmakers. Ray Ray now added to the picture. Pick your poison. Who are you going to block? Who are you going to defend? Who are you going to prepare for? You prepare to take away Debo? We got Ray Ray. We got uh, CMC. You take away CMC. Somebody's going to be open. Yeah, we got a plethora of riches, like you said. And who are you going to take away? Well, if you take that person to find, we have to. So as long as Brock plays this type of football and, get, and he's only getting better and more confident and we limit our mistakes, and I say limit because we're going to make mistakes. Hopefully they're not costly mistakes mm-hmm. or mistakes at the wrong time. Um, I don't see us losing to anybody. And I yeah. see us lifting the Lombardi Trophy if the Niners play absolute at their best. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like I completely agree. But let's we we haven't talked about the defense yet. 
and I want to get going because we're going a little long, but the uh, but the defense, so defense was not as dominant against the commanders as they had been. There was a couple of a couple of different of different like snafus here and there. And does this worry you going into the playoffs? And who do you think the weak link is on this defense if there is really a truly a weak link? Um, am I worried? Not really. Um, do they have to clean it up? Yes. The weaknesses yeah. were pretty much Lenore got pretty much burnt quite a bit. And then Traverius Ward went out for towards the end of the game. And uh, Womack came in and didn't do so well. Um, the secondary kind of bent it, but they didn't break, uh, mm -hmm. if you will. The defensive line was great with Bosa. He had initially four sacks. Uh, two were credited to him. One wasn't because it was an extra was two point conversion, and the one that it was should have been challenged by uh, Kyle that did not challenge because he had lost the challenge right before uh, would have been credited to him. But uh, my concern, you always have to be concerned. But do I believe they can that D'Amico Ryan's can get this figured out? He will, um, as long as uh, Chavez Ward is healthy. Lenore will look at the tape. He will look at what he did wrong. He will fix it, and I'm confident going in forward. These are as whenever you can fix a problem, but you still have the W. That's a great mm -hmm. way to go because you still build that W, but then you can look at the film and then build on what you missed on and correct it. So, am I wary? Wary? No. Concerned? Yeah. Yes. But I, I think they'll figure it out, bro. And I think this defense is historically probably the best defense that the Niners have ever had close to the 1984 defense. This this is a special, special yeah. uh, defense, bro. I agree. And this am I am I worried? I'm not worried. Like you said, I'm not worried. I was I look at this as every time that they have a uh, a not so great performance, D'Amico comes around with another game plan in the next game that they end up looking completely dominant. And it's, I think that that part of the the reason why they looked the way they they did was because D'Amico was kind of he was blitzing a little bit more than normal, especially when Wentz came in. He just started sitting in the house, <laughs> and uh, which left those guys on islands. And, and and like I mean, you're leaving Lenore and and Womack on islands, and that I don't think normally he would do that. And it's uh, so I think that if it was an actual like game plan game plan i think that that uh, D'Amico is going to game plan around that like and it's not even if he's stuck with Womack and uh, and we're not even mentioning Janoris Jenkins like uh that uh, that that play i think he played a couple of snaps but i think he would be involved in that in that aspect uh too so i just think that that the secondary is absolutely would for me is the weak link, but if you can even call it that, like, uh, because I think that D'Amico has been able shown that he's able to scheme around any kind of deficiencies that these guys have. And, uh, and I I'm not too worried because the, there's no real reason to ever worry because we can always get pressure with four. And, uh, he does, he does throw some blitzes in there from time to time just to throw you off. But, but for the most part, if he wanted to, he could stick everybody out in coverage. Which uh, which is always a plus, and I think is always going to benefit them, especially in the playoffs. Um, but the 
who is the most important person? This is an interesting question because when I asked myself this question, I came up with uh, with uh, an interesting answer for myself. Who is the most important person on this defense? Oh, Beto, I think you're muted. Sorry. Yeah, no uh, can I pick? Can I? Yeah, I, I can. I pick two or just one. Uh, oh, you can pick how many ever you want. Um, obviously on defense, it's Bosa. Bosa to me, arguably, is the best player uh, on this team. Uh, he's playing out of his mind, mm -hmm. out of his mind, and on the offense, it has to be the whole offensive line as a mm -hmm. unit as a unit uh, have been playing very well. So I have to give it to the whole offensive line as a unit. And then on defense to um, Nicholas James Bosa. <laughs> See, and for defense, um, for defense, I picked, even though Bosa is ungodly and he, he is the, the straw that's, stirs that pass rushing drink like uh, and he is the guy he is the guy uh the face of this defense i picked chavarius ward mooney ward as the i ended up picking him like as that. the most important person on this defense is because in the playoffs you know what's going to happen we're going to go up against those those good number one wide receivers that that can't be guarded one-on-one -on -one. and i think that they're going to do a similar thing that they did against uh who was the who, who did we play before the commanders before the like uh with that what they did against before the, the seahawks. Commander seahawks yeah yeah what they did against the seahawks and what they did with uh and they were just moving him around having him shadow uh oh, what's his name <laughs> the big huge guy uh like uh, uh, uh the wide receiver oh uh, uh dk Metcalf. yeah dk like they had him shadowing DK and to the point to where they moved DK in the slot just to give him away from, get him away yep. from Mooney Ward. Like uh, that's what I'm looking forward to in this, in uh, this playoffs is, uh, is that we have a bona fide number one cornerback that we can move around and, uh, and, and do a really, the, the guys won't, these teams won't be able to hide their wide receivers from, from Mooney. And like, uh, so that's what I feel like he's going to be the most important piece on this defense. If we want to go offense for me, the, the most important piece is CMC. Like uh, just because he does so much, like, I mean, this man has caught bombs. Like he's a running back <laughs> like, yep. and he, and he caught, he made that pretty uh, back shoulder catch from Brock. Like, I mean, like a lot of receivers can't make that catch. Yeah, like yep. uh, so, like he's a great, and I think that that's his biggest strength is the fact that he out of the backfield, he's probably he might be our best receiver, <laughs> like, period, point blank, and like, uh, but then he's he can break those runs, and he does a really great job uh, as a running back too. So, I think that he could be our Marshall Falk, like, uh, and be the most important piece on this offense. But that's just that. Yeah, that's just for me. Uh, hey, want to say what's up to Cowboy came back in, yo, yo, and uh, Roberto, hey, Beto, Peter, what's good, fam? What's going on, my brother? Uh, 
<laughs> Cowboy says he can make that catch. <laughs> he probably can. Yeah. And Eric, of course, I honestly don't like DK all that much. Uh, the drama, like, uh, but, but the guy is ungodly talent. Like the kid, he's just a monster. So, um, but yeah, the, so we've got the Raiders next, right? As we're getting ready to close out the, the Raiders are next. Should the 49ers have any issues whatsoever against this team? And what do the Raiders have to do to shock the 49ers? Um, they they're going to have to run the ball very well against our defense, which is going to be hard to do. But Josh Jacobs is phenomenal running back. He's he is having a year mm-hmm. uh, this year. He's he's one of the bright spots of that team. Unfortunately, Derek Carr is not. Uh, and uh, <laughs> if we make that team one dimensional, it's going to be a long day. Uh, Devontae Adams is another one that we have to kind of keep an eye on. This is why it's so important that Traveris Ward plays against the Raiders because I believe that we put Traverius, a healthy Traverius Ward against Dante. Um, I don't know if he can stop him, but he'll definitely slow him down. Exactly. Uh, and, 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 you know, and then we can always deal with anybody else. Renfro doesn't scare mm-hmm. me. Their tight end doesn't scare me too much. Um, so shutting down uh, Devontae Adams and Josh, uh, two tall orders to do, but I think this defense can do it. And if we make it a one-dimensional, uh, pin your ears back. Bosa, yeah. go and get your two sacks so, so you can tie up uh, Alden Smith with a 19 and a half sacks for the for a year. That'd be if crazy. not even more and break it um, and go after Derek Carr. And I think this will be the, the team they can do it against. Um, defensively, the Raiders are a mess. Yes, they have that... Crosby, who I like, 98. This guy is a beast. We almost had him in the draft, and the Raiders got him, and he's been a beast for them. Um, the, the guy they picked up from um, from Arizona has not been too good for them this year. Oh, Chandler um, Jones, he just can't stay on the field. Yeah, he can't stay on the field. So, But they got Colin with, Farrell. Colin yeah. Farrell? Like, hey, oh, he's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, so, so uh, they, you know, I'm not afraid of their of their uh, defense or their offense. Just if you can slow down Josh Jacobs and and kind of limit the big plays to uh, Devontae, this should be a double digit win for the Niners easily. Yeah, for sure. Like uh, I I don't think that there's anything that the that the Raiders can do. I think that there's a beat down coming, and uh, that's why I named this the this episode. Uh, the next victim, because I just don't, I think that they are going to victimize the Raiders. And uh, very rarely have I been supremely confident in a, in a game because of the early on this season, 49ers were just kind of wishy-washy and we didn't know what we were going to see, but this, these guys are playing at a whole nother level right now. And I just don't, and they're peaking at the right time. I just think that the Raiders don't have anything that can on offense or defense that can scare these guys. And uh, the only thing, the only thing that the silver bullet, the only silver bullet that I see that the Raiders have is new year's Eve (laughs) and that they're in Vegas. uh, And and I think, I feel like they need to kidnap all the players and just lock them in, lock them in their, uh, their hotel rooms, like, and don't let them out. (laughs) Like, uh, but, but other than that, 
I think we have good. I mean, anything can happen. You're after, but I think we have good character uh, in this we locker do. room. John Lynch doesn't. John Lynch learned from his mistake. He took, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He took uh, what you can do on the field mm -hmm. uh, over character when they got Reuben Foster. When no, they got to Ruben Foster, they took uh, his ability to play football over his character, and they learned a valuable lesson there. And Jonathan says, no more. I I will take character over the player on the field, what you can do on the field. And I think this defense is an offense is disciplined. I think they have a goal in mind is to make it to the Super Bowl. And I don't think they're going to be anything to worry about now. There's always a first. And I can be proved wrong, but just based on what I, what I experienced with this team, again, I sound biased because I'm a Niner fan, but yeah. it is what it is. Um, if there was so, if there was a loose end or there was a character concern on this team, I will expose it. I'll be like, yeah, I'm worried about this dude, or I'm worried about that. But l l let's, if we can think real quickly, offensively, defensively, and special teams, is there a, a person that sticks out that you're like, ah, he's a bad apple? I don't yeah. know that guy. No, you don't hear it. Yeah, no, they don't. They have a great culture on this team. Great locker room. Like, uh, I feel like that is the one thing and the one and the one reason why even when everybody was complaining about Shani, I always go back to the culture that he created in this yep. building. Him and, Sean, and, and him and John, and him yeah. and Lynch. Yeah, like, uh, and the and I say you. I don't think that she, I didn't think that they were anywhere near on the hot seat because yeah, you can't, it's really hard. Teams are still trying to recreate the 49er culture. So many teams try to poach our coaches, trying to recreate that, the culture that we have in that building. And it's not easy. It's not easy. So it's yeah. But score prediction, score prediction. What's your prediction for this week? Oh, I will say 34-17 49ers. Mm, that's a good one. I'm going to go uh I'm going to go 30 I'm going to go 30-14. I'm going to go 30-14. The uh I think that it it is going to be a blowout. Um I do think that the Raiders somehow get a, at least one fluke touchdown. Okay. Like, uh, so that, that's the, and I, I feel like Devonte Adams, like maybe in garbage time, they, they chip their way down the field and get another one. Like, uh, so it's uh yeah, I'm going 30, 14 on this one. So the, uh, but, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's a shutout. I wouldn't be surprised either. I wouldn't nope. be surprised, especially because I mean, this offensive line cannot protect, protect, uh, Derek Carr. And nope. I know that they're going to be trying to trying to get the ball out quicker uh but because every team always tries that against the 49ers but i just i Derek Carr always seems like he's trying to make a play and i think he's going to try something and he's going to get his leg to it he's been off. struggling bro he's been making <laughs> yeah. some bad decisions he's been making some mistakes and uh i wouldn't be i wouldn't put it past uh Derek Carr to throw a couple of interceptions in this game yeah me too but both hey beto I appreciate you coming on. Like uh, it was, I had a great time talking, uh, talking Niner football. I can't believe it's been this long. Like it's been this long that, uh, that I've known you and we have, and you haven't come on my show before. You're busy. You're a busy, busy <laughs> man. I, I appreciate your invitation. I got to have you on mine. 
I appreciate your invitation, bro. Uh, if uh, real quick, for those that don't know, on Wednesdays we have what you call the last man standing on my channel. Uh, your boy uh, Peter is on there with uh, uh, Rich from uh, Colts Chronicles, and then we have uh, Brandon uh, yep. from Forever Faithful uh, podcast is on there as well. You're the you're the main guy, bro. No. You didn't. You were not available last week, and nobody went live. Uh, really? Like, yeah, we didn't go live, so we're Aww. like, uh, if Peter's not here, so no, you can't. No more vacations during the <laughs> season, okay, bro? No, just kidding. Uh, but uh, that's my favorite uh, day of the week, though. Like, uh, I love, I love going on. That's my favorite show to do, even even more so than mine. Like, uh, I love getting on with you guys, and uh, that's a that's a brotherhood right there. Like, uh, I love I love uh, getting on with you guys and just shooting the shooting the shooting the shit per se and uh and like just talking football so you you did turn uh, in your picks though i i don't recall you yeah did, i did right? okay I did. I everybody did it that way so i'll, I'll still add them and, and it'll still work you know at least you know at least we did we all did it after the thursday game so we're like i'm i'm like okay you can't pick the game <laughs> everybody's gonna pick the jags yeah <laughs> I, I don't think i don't think anybody's gonna be and go ah oh, you know so i'm like pick your teams but the jags uh, I think Rich has asked me, or somebody asked me, why not that? I'm like, come on. Not that I don't <laughs> trust you, but if you say the Jags, you know what I mean? And then, <laughs> and if you say the other team, what would you want to take an L? Yeah, for sure. You know, so that's why I said, but uh, yeah, so we, uh, it's at 7 p.m. every Wednesday is the last man standing. We're getting yeah. uh, tomorrow. We have two more games to go tomorrow. Exactly. So if you're, uh, if you have an opportunity to tune in, uh, we invite you to come and hang out with us. As we do the last man standing. Yeah, every Wednesday. And it's so, a pleasure being on your on your channel, bro. Thank you. An hour and a half went by, man. And I, I'm a firm believer when you have fun, time just flies. Yeah, for sure. Like I appreciate you coming on. Appreciate everybody in the chat that got active in the chat, came with their questions, came with their comments. Uh yeah. appreciate everybody that has has subscribed to the channels. Channel's starting to grow now. And uh and uh, like I appreciate all your guys' uh all your guys's attention and because uh, we're all we all think that we're fighting for attention but honestly it's just it's just the love i hope the love that i have for this sport is showing through and uh and but yeah i appreciate everybody that came in and yeah like i said you can get this on youtube you can get it on facebook you can get it on twitter you can get the audio version anywhere where you can get your audio podcast you can get on tiktok you can even see it on reddit like uh so I don't care where you get it just go get it and just make sure that it. you and make sure that you go and you subscribe to the channel uh so like that so that like uh cuz I want to be friends and then we can just be friends every every week <laughs> and uh but we always like to end the show with uh with a good old hey go 49ers <laughs>